1: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
2: Were you on MySpace, Saran?
0: Um, no, I'm barely on Facebook now.
2: <laughs> like, did you? You just got on Facebook like last week? Like, it just now, just now? It's kind of gotten on your radar. It it,
0: it uh, it's a long story, but it, I have Facebook. It's more like a sh- uh, a tool for for broadcasting and things like that. I don't. So actually, do you have tw-
2: do you have Twitter though? Right, I do have Twitter. I use. Do that. you have Snapchat?
0: I, I have it. I, I don't know what I'm doing with it.
2: What about Instagram?
0: Got it. Know what I'm doing with it. Don't have time for it. TikTok. Do
2: you ever tick and then talk?
0: Have it. I, I basically just squat on my name on every new thing know what that, that comes means. around.
2: Squat. I don't know but if like, I want like to, see to make a sure that there isn't like squatting.
0: You know, some goof guy out there you know, who has you know at Matt Jones on Twitter, right? Like I, yeah, I I've Matt got a unique Jones. name, so I can actually get my real name. So my Twitter is at Saren Petro right like I have my real okay. name. So as soon as something comes out, I hear about it, I try to jump on it and grab my name so that like, you know. So uh, you're on, I, are you on I've Threads?
2: Are you on the new thing, Threads?
0: What well, I think you're on Threads if you're on Facebook, right? You automatically get your no. Facebook no. name. No, you have
2: to you have to log, <laughs> you know, that's not how it works. Man. I think you you if you have so Instagram. So let's call that a no. Okay, so you're not on there. I just wanted to know cuz I like I feel like if people don't know Siren, he 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 kind of imagine like the epitome of cool and that's kind of what sarin looks like and i feel like you need to be on and you need to be on all these social media sites so you keep up kind of with yeah. what's happening in the world you know what i yeah. mean
0: yeah that's it's, it's yeah i guess sure if that uh if that works yeah, the epitome <laughs> of cool. I'm still just basking in that comment, which is... Yeah, you are. Uh, you I know, like landed. you, Saran.
2: And I, and listen, I don't like a lot of people, and I like you, and so I'm uh, I'm excited to be with you here tonight.
0: Ah, very good. Very good. It is Matt Jones. Uh, I am the epitome of cool, Saran Petro, uh, here on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM. It's Channel 80. Uh, Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, Matt, and yes, even your RV, uh, for t- uh, protection on the road and on the water. Water. See how you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com The uh, news of the day. We knew it was coming. It was going to happen eventually but now it's official that Dan Snyder is no longer the owner of the Commanders. Josh Harris purchased the team. $6.05 billion. Oh, by the way, on the way out the door... For what they say is a lot of reasons, but I think both Matt and I agree, it's the $11 million he embezzled from the fellow owners, not paying out what he was supposed to pay out to visiting teams. Uh There's also uh, a lot of great reporting that's been done about the money he embezzled from his own investors in the Commanders. Uh, they find him $60 million going out the door. And I would say one of, like if you were going to put together, I know how you love your lists, top yes. five. Most disliked owners in the history of professional sports, he would well, make your top question. five, would he not?
2: Yeah, I mean he would be up there. I, I don't. I'm not sure there's been a football owner that has been disliked more. I'm trying to think. Like right now in sports, Reds fans really hate their owner. The A's fans, I think, really hate their owner. In um, basketball, is are there people that really hate their owners? I can't think of one. I mean the Clippers. Football- football-
0: the Clippers were there, they're not there now yeah but People, they got Arme rid of Odell the got a new guy
2: would be the guy uh, yeah, I, I, but he you know. brought the team there, so I mean they can't be that upset about it so I uh, well, I think Brown's
0: fans, Cleveland fans would tell well, you they, yeah, they, but they, hes they hate when
2: Odell. you don't live in the city, nobody knows. but yeah, I think, I, I think if you're looking, I think if you're looking across what all there there is no one who will take up for Daniel Snyder. I mean, he has found a way to be pretty much universally disliked. And he sort of – the one solace he had was that his fellow owners would protect him. And then when he ended up stealing their money, he sort of turned on the last people that hadn't turned on him yet. And then that was inevitable. I also think it's interesting, though, what happens now. Like, the Washington commanders, I mean, you know – Go back in the day, that was one of the legendary marquee franchises in this sport. They were the ones who were on Monday Night Football every week with the Cowboys and the Giants and the Eagles, et cetera. And they have been an afterthought since for 20 years, really, except for a little period where they had RG3. They've been an afterthought. Do you think that can turn around?
0: Uh I do let's let's hear Josh Harris he's the new owner and he was asked about that about what kind of impact that they can make if they can steer this franchise in the right direction
3: it comes down to um, initially obviously we're getting uh, to the uh, season on the eve of training camp I mean as you know uh, as a, an owner of a franchise uh, you know a lot a lot has been done in the off season at this point. Uh, So we're going to have to engage with the coaching staff and understand what they're doing. Uh, Much of what uh, is going to happen on the field has already been anointed. Uh, I think, uh, but for us uh, today, the priorities are, you know, how do we uh, do quick hits and improve the fan experience, Uh, egress, ingress, uh, signage, little things. Uh, Obviously, when some uh, fan comes into your stadium, I look at it as they're coming into your house, Uh, and you want it to be an amazing experience for them, and so that, there's gonna be a lot of work there.
0: Uh, listen, I want to – just one nitpick. You you don't need to engage in the coaches and understand what they're doing. Good owners don't engage in what the coaches <laughs> are sure. doing. That's I so,
2: think that's right.
0: Again, it's his, it's his first press conference. I don't think he meant that he was going to be sitting in every coach's meeting or anything like that. So, uh, Commander's fans don't revolt. That's not what I'm getting at. But I will tell you this. He talked about the fan experience, which is – guess what? It, that's a guy – that's an owner bouncing on a diving board. And the pool he's about to jump into is, we need a new stadium. They've, uh, Snyder was already talking about it. First of all, it's laughable when you hear, and I've already heard, uh, you know, people around that organization talking about how, well, the stadium is crumbling. Well, every massive concrete structure needs upkeep. If you don't keep it up. It will have problems, but Wrigley Field and Fenway Park have been around for a hundred years. If you want to keep a stadium up, you can keep it up; it's fine. So nobody, no Commander fan, needs to buy any kind of crap about the fact that the stadium is going to crumble. Well, the problem is not stadium. just that it's crumbling; but,
2: it's too far away. That's yeah, the problem. It's, yeah, there's it's, all it's, kinds it's, of it's, issues. It's it's right. it's an hour from where their fans live, and that right. if you go back, if you go look around the country, new stadiums all have moved closer. To where – I mean, you all deal with that in Kansas City with the idea of moving that, the the Royal Stadium closer to town. The problem is that it's not close more than the foundation right. of it.
0: But, but when he says fan experience, listen, here's what's coming. Because every new stadium is not just a stadium – it's taking an ownership group and making them real estate moguls. So it's not just about giving them the stadium; it's the land you're going to give them to develop around. And we are dealing with that uh, where I live here in Kansas City, because they want not only a billion dollar new ballpark for for the baseball team, they want a billion dollar ballpark district around yeah. it that can generate. I'm for revenue. it.
2: What do you care? It's not your money. Like now, if it's the city being asked to do it, that's a different thing. But but I but I think if I'm but but that's the thing about right? still... NFL teams. NFL teams have the power to ask the cities yeah but to not do in it. Washington they're not moving I mean Kansas City no offense a little different because teams can think about moving they ain't moving from Washington DC so they're not going anywhere the city Washington is basically run by the federal government so you're not going to be able to strong arm the federal government into a stadium if he wants to build a district it's not my money do whatever you want sure I my best friend when I was growing up, one of my best friends was a, was a Commanders fan, and I intentionally rooted against them because I didn't want my, him to be happy. He has been miserable for so long, Sarif, that now – his name's Trevor. He lives in Birmingham, Alabama. He's been, I rooted against them for years because I just didn't want him to be happier than me as a Bears fan. They've been miserable for so long. I'm actually hoping they get good. Daniel S- Snyder was the worst. I don't know Josh Harris, you know, from, from – Josh Lyman, but I do know that I hope they get better because the league it's been so long since Washington's relevant. I think it would be good for the league if they were.
0: I'm Saren Petro. That's Matt Jones, America's best friend, rooting against your team to make sure that you're not happier than he is. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I didn't want
2: him to be miserable, but you know how it is. You don't want your best friend to be that happy.
0: You're just keeping it real, Matt. I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Uh, Coming up, it's my turn to rank the top five NFL pretenders. Unlike Matt, who spent three weeks, I threw this together in just a few minutes. Uh, I'll do that next. It's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
2: Ugh. Another horrible song. You're a tough guy to please, Matt. You're a tough man to please. It's very simple. Any country... Mo- that is played on pop country radio since 2005. Is the presumption is garbage. Not all of it, okay. but the presumption that one has to overcome is it's terrible.
0: So you're more like a boxcar Willie type of
2: guy? I like boxcar Willie, but I'm more like <laughs> Jason Isbell, <laughs> Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson, Charlie Crockett. That's real country music, P- not people who are like, country girl, shake it for me. Like, shut up, come on.
0: That's, uh, not you, get... in,
2: but that No, guy. No, no, uh,
0: yeah, I, I, none taken. No no offense taken. Please, uh, Matt, uh, you know, I, I I like getting the education on the country music here, so,
2: you know. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I'm, I'm, uh, hang on, let me finish my notes here that I'm writing down, make sure I get, not like, okay, I got it. I'm ready <laughs> to go. You got it, okay. Uh, you got. It is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. We've talked about it. The uh, pretenders in the NFL, we heard Matt's list, a sterling list. It took weeks uh, to put together tons of thought. I loved it. He went Vikings, Patriots, Eagles, Cowboys, Jets. That's five to one. It's now time for me to give you the right list. What are the five biggest pretenders in the NFL? From the top five NFL quarterbacks...
2: Burrow,
1: touchdown, what a start! To actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. ...to the top five NFL fan bases. Bummer.
2: Bummer. Bummer. Go! Bummer. Go, Go,
0: how about them,
1: Cowboys? We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's...
2: 158!
1: Go! Rank them. The top way, five do... pretenders. Number I, I, five.
0: I, I do love how that starts. Uh, that we're ranking the top five of everything. So when we're done... There's literally nothing else to rank. So I do like that, that it will be done. That is good to know. Uh, I'm going to start with number five Tennessee Titans. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, first of all, I'm happy that he signed just so I don't have to hear about it. Uh, Every time I do ESPN radio about how where's DeAndre Hopkins going, one, so for me, uh, I'm happy that DeAndre Hopkins has landed, but. Tennessee Titans have a lot bigger problems than just the wide receiver. Yes, it's of note that Mike Vrabel had more touchdown receptions than any of the receivers on his roster before they signed DeAndre Hopkins, but they got a lot more that they need to do All you got to do is look at the Caesars odds and see that the uh, Jaguars are still overwhelming favorites. That did not fix everything that the Tennessee Titans have wrong. They're still in a rebuilding mode. They really need to get on with it, and they will get on with it starting next year. The Titans are not contenders. They're number five on my list.
1: Number four
0: Baltimore Ravens. Okay, listen, there's a lot to like about the Ravens. One, they get Lamar Jackson signed. uh, But there's not much to like on the defensive side of the ball for the Ravens. They keep giving receivers to Lamar Jackson. And now they've given a lot of money to Lamar Jackson. The question is, are they still going to ask Lamar Jackson to run? I may be eating my words when this season is over because Lamar Jackson has thrown for 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns, but it has been diminishing returns every year for Lamar Jackson as a passer. I don't think that'll continue. I think he'll level out at some point, but I don't think he's the guy that can really spin it. He has to run the football to be successful, and when you run the ball, you get hurt. That's where he's been the last couple of years. Eventually, they'll settle back into what they do. That's run the quarterback, and eventually their quarterback will get hurt, and the Baltimore Ravens are going nowhere without Lamar Mar Jackson under center. He can't play 17 games and stay healthy. Therefore, the Baltimore Ravens are a pretender. They sit at number 4. number 3. Uh, this one I'll go down. Uh, Matt's Road, Minnesota Vikings. Listen, Kirk Cousins, it's been a great story to watch on the uh, quarterback show on, uh, on Netflix. Uh, I do love that he's a family guy. I think that's always great. I don't want to knock anybody for that. But listen, the whole not coming into the complex on Tuesday thing, drives me crazy, and I think it should drive Minnesota Vikings fans crazy. You have five months of the year where you basically have to show up at your office like, I don't know, 20 times? You could go ahead and wait for the family time a little bit later on. We've seen the other quarterbacks. They're able to find time with their family without uh, you know just staying away from football for a whole you know day of the week. This is your job, right? If people can get on aircraft carriers and go serve eight months for the United States military, you can show up at the complex for four or five hours, put a little work in. Uh, maybe if you had gone on Tuesdays, you wouldn't have checked down to a three-yard pass when you needed 11 on fourth down against the Giants, and maybe the Vikings would have advanced. It'll be more of the same this year for the Vikings. Uh, They're a pretender, not a contender. They sit at number
1: three. Number two.
0: Well, let's go to the team that beat the Vikings, Daniel Jones. $45 million? Wrong. Wrong answer. Listen, I know the quarterback position is much more important than the running back, but Daniel Jones is not worth $45 million. And you could have gotten the same guy or 80 or 90% of the same guy for a lot less money. Uh, plus, teams that go from. Double-digit losses to double-digit wins. They didn't actually get double digits. They had nine and a tie. But they usually regress back the next year. Part of this is just the math. I do like Brian Dable. I actually got to interview him a lot when he was an offensive coordinator here in KC. Great guy. I think he's a smart football mind. But $45 million for Daniel Jones does not leave enough money to pay the other players that you need to be successful. The Giants will have a major market correction this year. They sit at number 2.
1: Number 1.
0: I'll be the first one to say it. It's over in Foxborough. It's done. All right? See Chuck Knoll and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, until, listen, they had an opportunity when Tom Brady walked away to tank to end up being the worst team in football and go get Trevor Lawrence. And there's one guy in the NFL that had the resume that could have done it, and everybody would have said, see, look how smart Bill Belichick is. Instead, he went for Cam Newton, tried to build it back. He keeps trying to tape it together, can't figure out what to do with the quarterback. We know he can't draft wide receivers, and now he doesn't even go and get DeAndre Hopkins when he's right there. I don't mind that move by itself, but it's just the overall big picture. He's continuing to run the football team like he had Tom Brady. You don't have to over stand on anybody when you have the best quarterback in the game. But they haven't even figured out what they have in Mac Jones. They're not going to be good offensively. Bill Belichick, his career, his is going to end exactly as Chuck Knowles did. It's going to be a great run with a great quarterback. And when that quarterback left, it will be diminishing returns the rest of his time there with the New England Patriots. His record without Tom Brady is not just not so good, it's flat out bad. And I don't see any reason why You would think it would change now. The New England Patriots, even though they're not even thought of that highly, they have no shot whatsoever of challenging for a Super Bowl. The New England Patriots are the biggest pretenders and will continue to be the biggest pretenders in the NFL for quite some time. Mac, I nailed it, right, Matt?
2: Well, first of all, you said you were the first one to say the Patriots. I believe they were on my list. They were on at number four. So I don't think you can claim to be the first when I okay. literally just okay. said Fair it in the, last, in the last hour. I don't disagree with any of those teams. The only one I might push back on is the Ravens. I think we're going to see a bounce back here uh, from Lamar Jackson. I don't think, I don't think any of those teams you mentioned is a Super Bowl contender. But then again, that's because I think the top – four teams in the league are all great and they're just not good enough to be on that level. I mean, I I think in the AFC, if you're not the Chiefs, the Bengals or the Bills, I'm sorry. I don't care how good you are. You're not going to be good enough to beat those teams. With that said, though, I think the Ravens have a real shot to be fourth. I think they have a real shot to be the fourth-best team in the AFC. I love Lamar Jackson when healthy. They got him weapons. I know the defense is an issue, but Lamar can outscore people. So I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I do think Lamar uh, Lamar gets the Ravens back in the playoffs this year, and they're a lot better. So I scored
0: 80% then in your mind?
2: Yeah, but those other ones, I mean, the Titans, they need to transition to my guy, Will Levis, anyway. That's where the future is. The Vikings were on my list, and I don't disagree with you about the Giants either.
0: All right, coming up, uh, we'll bring in CP3 finally be the end of the Warriors dynasty. I will talk about that next as it's time to sound on, sound off. It's Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. It's presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Ugh. <laughs> I just, I just nah, wait I mean, for the reaction. This, uh, this,
2: literally, I, if you were to epitomize everything I hate in country music, it would be this song. You know, it, it's, it's, I think it's Florida Georgia Line. They lit those. They literally should be sent out of America to some island and forced to live there. They're the worst band that has ever existed. I heard they're getting back together, which is terrible for humanity. And this, I didn't even request this. This might be my least favorite song, outside of Reba McIntyre's "Fancy" in the history of music.
0: He's Mr. Happy, Matt Jones. <laughs> I am happy. I just hate that song. He's, and every other song that's been played Well, that's uh, true. so far. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, maybe there's a gem hiding out there that we'll get Tyler to here Children's. in a minute. Hey, the producer, play Tyler Jones. Okay, go ahead. Matt Jones, Siren Petro with you. It's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. That's what Matt Jones does the moment he wakes up in the uh, morning. Let's get to our Sound On, Sound Off.
1: They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound On, Sound Off with Joe and Amber.
2: All right. I think we got to go with James That's, here, our yeah. producer. Yeah. James, I'm setting you up to say what are our topics for sound on, sound off today.
3: Right. So the Ravens have had themselves an offseason. They finally gave Lamar Jackson a huge extension. They signed OBJ and drafted Zay Flowers, and they made a change in offensive coordinator. There's just a few of the changes, but will it be enough to unseat the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs? Does Sal Palantonio thinks so.
2: The Ravens are raving about Zay Flowers so far in OTAs and he's somebody that I am going to be watching in my tour of training camps. I want to see how he opens things up for Odell Beckham Jr.
3: I agree with Dan. I think OBJ could have a massive year because Zay Flowers will run those nine routes. will open up the safeties, open up the middle of the field, and Mark Andrews and Todd Munkin and that offense, all about speed mm-hmm. and spacing and yep. pacing. Get the ball out yep. quickly. So what
1: does it add up to for Baltimore?
3: I think Baltimore has a
2: shot to dethrone Kansas City as the AFC Super Bowl contender.
3: So you gave, me, you gave me a Chris Jericho, Paragon, and Virtue reference earlier, so I hit you with a Paul Heyman uh, there. The Matt.
2: Ravens are raving. I like that, yeah. by the way.
3: <laughs> uh, so, uh, Seren, with all their offseason moves, are the Ravens the team most likely to beat the Chiefs in the AFC?
0: No, the Cincinnati Bengals are. They're three and 3-1, toe-to-toe uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll, and I'll say it again. I mean, everybody loves Lamar Jackson. And, you know, everybody spent all year talking about when Lamar Jackson's going to get paid. And when Lamar Jackson deserves credit is when Lamar Jackson takes the Baltimore Ravens to the Super Bowl. And there's a problem. You have to throw the ball, right? Teams can gang up and stop the run. We've seen it. It, it goes this is not a new phenomenon i don't understand why this is so hard for everybody to understand yes they've given them some some weapons uh but no it it's not enough the ravens defense isn't good enough and when it comes down to a drive with a minute 20 to go where you got to get a touchdown lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens have not proven they're good enough to go get it no they are not the biggest
2: good contender to
0: the chiefs
3: matt
2: no, they're not going to beat the Chiefs, and they're not even a top contender. But like I said, I think they're going to be better. I think they're this. They'll, the offense will step up. They needed a guy like OBJ, but the Chiefs are on a different level. So are the Bengals. I think the Bengals actually go to the Super Bowl. But regardless, I think the Ravens are going to be fourth or fifth best in the AFC.
3: All right, sticking to the NFL, we all heard last year about how the Jets' offense, because of its terrible quarterback play, was wasting one of the best defenses in the NFL. But now – as we all know, they have Aaron Rodgers as their QB1. So, what is that? Uh, so, does that mean it's Super Bowl or bust for Greenies, New York Jets? Here's Lewis Riddick today on Get Up. I want them to get to the
2: Super Bowl, and if not, you're going to be miserable because that's what you get. Because you've been saying all offseason, Aaron, 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 I agree with Aaron, Aaron this, Aaron that. All last year, what was it? If we had a quarterback, we would be winning the division. We'd be smoking Buffalo. New England wouldn't even be in the picture. We could deal with Kansas City. We can deal with Cincy. We'd be as good as anybody. Well, what did they do this offseason? They went all in. They got the four-time MVP. He brought his offensive coordinator. He brought a couple of his boys in Lazard and Cobb. They have firepower on the perimeter. They've got a shutdown type caliber defense. No, win the Super Bowl or shut up.
3: So Lewis Riddick says, "Win the Super Bowl or shut up." Matt, what's the bar set for the Jets to? Have well, a I mean, season? you
2: don't you don't bring in Aaron Rodgers unless the goal is to win the Super Bowl. It's not like you're building for the future by bringing him in. So I, I you know. When the Super Bowl or shut up is a little harsh, but at the same time, Sor- Sorin, you don't you don't bring in an old guy, pay him all that money unless right. you think he's going to get you over the top. So I do understand where he's coming from, but I disagree that like the season's a complete bust unless they win the whole thing. If they get to the conference championship game, it's successful.
0: I-, I will give a little more credibility to-, to that statement because at the introductory press conference, which is always a bunch of people sitting around singing kumbaya, right? How great everybody is and how happy everybody is. And Aaron Rodgers wouldn't commit to playing more than one year. Like, in what is supposed to be the big party, he wouldn't even commit to playing more than one year. So I do think that's of note. But two games against the Bills, two games against the Dolphins. Uh, while I don't think the Patriots are going to be a real threat to win a championship, they are a real threat every time you play them because Bill Belichick can scheme a defense. That's really hard. Uh, then having to go through the Bengals and Bills and the Chiefs, No. No.
2: If they were in the not. NFC, I'd think differently, by the way. And, I mean, if they were in the what, NFC, I think they'd have a shot, but in the AFC, uh, you know, that's not gonna happen. And
0: What's that's next? the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady is that Tom Brady went and found the easy route.
2: Yeah.
3: All right, from the NFL to baseball, Shohei Otani is having one of the best seasons we've ever seen in baseball. He already has thirty five home runs. He's knocked in seventy six runs. Uh he has a three point five oh ERA and hundred and thirty nine strikeouts on the mound. But almost miraculously, the Angels are still not that great, which leads to questions about whether or not they should trade him in the deadline. Here's Tim Kirchin earlier today on ESPN Radio.
2: I think they're going to take calls, but I don't think they're going to trade him because I know they don't want to trade him. To me, their only shot of keeping him is to have a great final two months, and they just swept the Yankees somehow either make the playoffs or get really close and show Otani that we are going to be playing in October moving forward, Uh, I think that's their only chance. They
1: have to win as many games as possible and convince him to stay.
3: Sounds easy. Just win as much as you possibly can. Uh, Soren. what should the Angels do with Otani at the deadline? I mean, unfortunately, it's what they should have done.
2: Uh,
0: how, how does a team have the best player in baseball go find a guy who's better and then still be mediocre? That That's what they've done. They, they had Mike Trout. They found the only guy who could possibly be better. He is better. They're still not good. You, you do not ever go into a season with the last year of a superstar uh, on your books you either get it done beforehand this should have been signed before this year and if you didn't get it signed then you can't get it signed and you trade it but you should never be at this point this is really something that should have been figured out a couple of years ago they're now where they got to take uh I, listen i don't think tim's wrong if they play it that way and go for it that's that's a fine option i would probably say look we're going to start putting this team back together i take the 25 cents on the dollar you're going to get in a trade and move on
2: yeah, I think they're in the worst position they could be in because by sweeping the Yankees, they could talk themselves into making the wrong decision. All right, so they're four and a half back in the wild card. I don't think they're making that up, but they need to trade them. I mean, they do. They, you look at the teams that are ahead of them, Houston, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and the Yankees, I don't think they're going to pass them, trade them. But I don't think they will for this reason. GMs want to save their job. Trading Otani, and let's say he takes his team to the World Series, you can lose your job. If he goes and signs with somebody else, you go, well, we tried. We couldn't help it. He made a different decision. So I think they don't trade him. I think the sweep of the Yankees, will look back and say, was the worst thing that could have happened to him. because if they could have gotten sweep, then I think they would have
1: traded him. All
3: right, it's no secret that Draymond Green has never really been a fan of Chris Paul, but the Warriors acquired Chris Paul in the Jordan Poole trade with the Wizards. And now they're teammates. So uh, will that change how Draymond feels about CP3? Here he is on the Pat Bev podcast.
1: It's not sugarcoating what what has happened all these years. This is real
2: life, man. Like, people get it twisted. Like, oh, man, like, you, you're in character when you're... No, this is real life wow. we live in when we're playing in these games. And so... Like to to just go front and act like all of those things was fake. Like I have publicly
1: said, I didn't like Chris before. Like I'm just not going to be like, oh man, that changed. Now he my teammate. No, I look forward to talking amongst men. I look forward to working with another adult. You know, I've we've had a, I've had my fair share of days of like not working with adults right. and people who don't don't move like adults. Right. So I'm looking forward to going to work with an adult. Right. You know what I'm
3: saying? Matt, is uh, CP3 going to work with the Warriors or is this dynasty over?
2: Draymond is exhausting, by the way. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, I I know everybody thinks Draymond is going to be like the next Barkley. I find him absolutely exhausting. He he has no sense of humor. He is another that's like the most self-righteous. Like he again, everything he says, he he thinks is so you know, important. With that said, he's a good leader. I think he and Chris Paul will find a way to work together because, you know, two smart guys towards the end of their career, they're going to give it a shot. But I just don't think they're good enough, Saran. It, It really isn't about whether or not the personalities conflict. Chris Paul is not the same player he was, and I think the Warriors were not athletic enough last year, and they just got older and less athletic, so I don't think they have enough to beat Denver or Phoenix. So, no, I don't think they're going to win.
0: First of all, nobody in that organization listens to Draymond Green anyway. All you have to do is I can't get out of my, my brain the, the image of him taunting the fans, you know, the one that got the the situation that got him suspended. Usually you see those situations everybody jumps up to stop him and calm him down. You looked at everybody on that roster. Steph Curry's just like, whatever. I got I ain't got time for this drama show. And yeah. and so they won't listen to him anyway. And I think a healthy Chris Paul And healthy everybody else, I think it can work because they can all share the basketball. But the reality is, like, if the questions will work like they win a championship, overwhelmingly somebody's going to be hurt. They're way too old to think that they're all going to be healthy uh, coming down the stretch run. I think it can work better than most people think. It will. I think the chemistry can be better than most people think. I think they can be good enough to win a championship. I don't think they can be healthy enough to win a championship. So once at the end you of the decided day, though,
2: no. once they decide to run it back with Draymond and Clay again, I understand why they did it. Like you might as well give it yeah. one more shot. But uh, Dray- everybody works with somebody like Draymond, right? Like who you know is is good to have around from a talent standpoint but who at the company meeting just continually talks, and you're like, Draymond, we want to go home. Can we please stop? Draymond's that dude for the Warriors, and I think it will be, it, it'll be what it is. They'll probably have one fight during the year. It'll get a lot of headlines, but when it comes down to it, they're just not going to be good enough.
0: All right, coming up is Nick Saban, still the best coach in the uh, excuse me, NFC, SEC. Uh, we'll tell you that next. Uh, it's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
2: This is the worst. All right, so first of all, I hate to start every segment with how bad these songs are. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car, is a great song. And the reason it's great is you can hear the pain in her voice when she says this. Luke Combs comes out, and he just does this generic version. It's number one. It is the first time an African-American woman's ever had a song that she wrote on the number one on the country chart. So I think that's cool. But why does it have to be this version Tracy Chapman has the version some songs seren should be left alone in this is one of them. Yeah, I, I agree. I
0: I love the, I love her version, right, which her is the version. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's, it's you fantastic. Cuz you
2: can hear the Absolutely. pain in her voice when she sings It's her story, it's not music. a third Modern person country. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The theme continues throughout. Well done. (laughs) Uh, I love it. It's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Matt Jones, Seren Petro, in for Joe and Amber. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, Uh, of course, uh, not only does he comment about the SEC, but SEC coaches comment about him. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Lane Kiffin was upset that Paul Feinbaum calling it the, I don't know, I don't want to know the, say he's calling it the end, uh, but this is him saying Nick Saban is no longer the best coach in the SEC.
1: Every time you have a conversation about Nick Saban, you get a bunch of people yelling at you, saying, hey, uh, don't you realize he's what?" Yeah, we, we know that. But, but it, it would be like asking you guys, uh, do you think Bill Belichick's still the best coach in the NFL? Of course not. He's got the most titles, but he's not the best coach. And I think that's where Saban is. Now, is he the second best coach? I, I believe he is. Uh, But that's the problem is Nick Saban has never been the second best coach in the SEC or in college football. And right now uh, he he's entering a new season with two new coordinators and an unknown quarterback. Uh, That's a bad mix.
0: It's a bad mix. I, I don't know. It's a mix he's been in a lot, though. He's replaced all his courses. That's the difference between him and Kirby Smart. I think that's one of the things. Can Kirby Smart turn over the coaching staff time and time again the way Nick Saban has? That's why I like, think if you st- if you said Nick Saban's still top dog, it's because he's gone through the next step that we're going to wait to see Kirby Smart. Do you remember, like, it wasn't that long ago, Dabo Sweeney was supposedly e- eclipsing you know, Nick Saban, and that didn't come to fruition.
2: Well, what is it? Well, it depends on what you mean by best coach. Okay, so is he the best coach today in terms of college football? Well, Kirby Smart just won back-to-back titles, so right. the answer is no. It's Kirby Smart, but also best coach doesn't mean you won last year, right? If not, if so, then Danny Hurley is the best coach in in college basketball. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's right. Nick Saban is a legend. What I do think is going to be interesting to see is the SEC is not like it was when he went on his amazing run. When he went on his amazing run, Florida was kind of down. Tennessee was very down. Georgia was mediocre. And really, it was him and LSU, and every year they decided it, right? It's not like that anymore. Georgia is the best. Tennessee's better. Florida's going to be a little better. Kentucky's better. Texas A&M's better. Like, a lot of these teams are better. So, the so. It is a harder task for him to be the top dog. I don't think he's the top dog. But am I going to write off Nick Saban and say I'm going to be shocked if I turn on the NCAA championship game and Alabama's in it? No. He's still an amazing coach. Think about it like this, Sarant. If he's the second best coach in the SEC, mm-hmm. that means he's probably the second best coach in college football, which is still pretty good.
0: Well, and I don't think Clemson was running out to fire Dabo Sweeney because at the end of the day he wasn't as good as Nick Saban, right? If Nick Saban's yeah, not as good exactly. as Curtis smart. If not him, then who? If you're gonna get rid of Nick Saban, what 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 well, are we talking about here? Of which, yeah. I mean no. and and but I think I think I think Paul makes a pretty good point when he says is Bill Belichick the best coach in the NFL today? I don't think I don't think anyone would say but they, the answer. But, but
2: is yes. that's a that's a bad it's, that's a bad analogy by Paul because Alabama has been a lot better in the last few years than the Patriots. Alabama people forget last year Alabama was the fifth was fifth in college football and by the end of the year was probably the second best team in college football. They should have made the playoff probably over uh, TCU. I know TCU ended up making the finals, but Alabama was better, and so. The idea that they would be the fifth best team in college football and people are acting like Nick Saban is not the same anymore is nonsense to me.
0: No, I I agree with that. But I think whenever you make an analogy, you go beyond to make the point, to to, to demonstrate the point. I think that's what he was doing, was illustrating. He's going – but yes – Nick Saban has been more successful here the last couple of years uh, than, than Bill Belichick. And you would think, bringing, you would agree but,
2: with me. Alabama's going to play Georgia in the SEC Championship again, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I would put my money on, yes. And, and so they'll have a chance to win that game. Georgia, Georgia is going to be very good, but they won't be as good as they were the last two years. They've had lost historic defense levels, and they've right. lost the quarterback. They're going to still probably be the best team, but they won't be as good. I mean, these defenses the last two years have been like – Oh, insanely agreed. historically good it's not going to be like that this year so I think Alabama certainly has a chance. And even Alabama hasn't won three
0: in a row. It looked like Pete Carroll had USC up and running where they had everybody in Southern California and they were going to win year after year after year. It didn't happen. I agree. The amount of talent that has left uh, Georgia is is staggering and I just don't know how you can put it back together again. The The law of averages are that it's going to catch up to you. That's just how it is. They'll still be very good and Although they the do have. They have the
2: easiest schedule in the history of college uh, football. The schedule this year. is a joke, and and if I'm you go so look at Georgia's schedule, SEC's
0: rugged conference schedule. Well, it's
2: not rugged. It's rugged if you're in the West. In the East, in the East, if you get the wrong team in the in the West, like it's all going to change next year. Starting next year, you won't be able to have easy SEC schedules. But this year for Georgia, they play nobody in the non-conference. That's shameful. Kirby Smart, that program's too good not to play a good non-conference game. That's the problem. They don't play anybody. Alabama, to, to Nick Saban's credit, always plays one power in the non-conference. Always.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. But uh, when when Georgia Tech, you know, checks that box for you on a regular basis, like the way Georgia does, they do need to schedule a little bit better. Hopefully, just get one more uh, team,
2: play one more good team. That's all you need to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, Nick Saban, I think, is going to be just fine. I don't think anybody needs to shed a tear for Nick Saban. Matt, always great work with you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank I you. I hope you find some great country music to listen to on your way home. Well, it won't be
2: any of the stuff they play on this show.
0: <laughs> More on right the sale now. of the Commanders finally being official with Freddie and Fitzsimmons. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Thank you very much for listening.
1: This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.